All right, would you stand for the reading of God's Word this morning? Hey, how many of you guys have enjoyed the Home Improvement Series? Can you say, oh yeah, uh, if that is you this morning? Uh, We're going to read God's Word. Uh, It is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. If you've got your Bibles, you can open them there. We'll have it up on the screen for you as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. It says this, Two are better than one, because they have a good work for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your incredible word. Uh, We thank you that your word is perfect. God, it brings correction to us. It brings encouragement to us. God, it brings rebuke to us when we need it. And God, we thank you so much that you are everything that we need. In Jesus' awesome name, would you say amen Amen. this morning? You may be seated. Hey, uh, we've been in a really uh, fun series. Uh, Had several people come up to me over the last few weeks and just say, hey, man, this has been a great series for me and my family. Um, Today, we're going to talk about needy peeps. Somebody say needy peeps. Now, for those of you who might be here and you might not know what a peep is, um, they give them out. They're these little marshmallowy, fluffy things around Easter time called peeps. Y'all know what those are? Um, and, um, but uh, it, it's slang for people, all right? So just in case you're confused this morning, let's just get that straight. Needy peeps, needy people, all right? Look at someone next to you and say, you're a needy peep. Hey, according to this scripture, um, according to the scripture, it basically says this. Hey, we are highly dependent human beings. As a matter of fact, we're very needy people. Why? Because there's something wrong with us. We're terrible. We're bad. That's just the way that God made us. He made us to be dependent upon one another. As a matter of fact, he actually created us so that we would be better together, not better alone. And I love that. And God's word simply shows us in the scripture that we simply need each other. I want you to know, Pastor and Don, by the way, they send their love, and uh, they are so proud of our church, and uh, they're so excited to be with Steve and Priscilla. Hey, if you get a chance, and you're uh, in a good friendship with Steve and Priscilla, or maybe you've been supporting them, take a moment, uh, text them, shoot them a text, say, hey, we love you, we're praying for you, Uh, give them a shout out on social media, and just tell them how proud you are of them. Because uh, they've been doing a great, great, great work over there. All right? Could we do that? If I had my phone, we'd be on Facebook Live right now. And I'm so disappointed that I don't have it. Maybe the next service, we can pull that off. Well, hey, listen. In this series so far, if you're new with us today and you haven't been a part of the series, uh, Pastor has talked the last couple of weeks. Of, he did the five don'ts of marriage, the five do's of marriage, how to fight in relationships. And so this week, we're talking about needy peeps. And listen. Um, When we are in this family series, I want to make sure to be really, really clear about one thing. I want to make sure that we all understand that the modern family today can be described many, many, many ways. I understand that the modern family is not anything like just my family. 
Um, I grew up, because of my perspective, I grew up in a home where I had a mom and dad. I had two brothers, and my parents were married 100% of my childhood. So for me, when you say the word family, that's exactly what I think of. But that's not the norm for everybody. And as a matter of fact, there are so many different flavors. There's so many different styles of family today. And so when we say the series Family Home Improvement and we're saying the word family, I want you to know that we're including you in that. Family is not just a mom, a dad, and kids. Family, as a matter of fact, is also single young adults who are in that season. And they may be a single young adult from 18 to 30 years old or 35 or 40, but they still have a family. They just happen to be a single young adult. And I I think it's actually true today that uh, young adults are staying single longer than they ever have in history. Uh, They're putting career first before they're putting family first, and they're getting things aligned first. So you're seeing a lot more young adults today than we saw yesterday. When we say the word family, we're talking about not only single young adults, but we're talking about single divorced young adults. We're talking about uh, single moms. We're talking about single dads. We're talking about blended families. We're talking about parents without kids in the home. We're talking about uh, senior parents that never had kids. They're also a family. I think it's important for us to all to understand that not everybody is like, everybody say this, not everybody is like me. Because why? Your family is unique. And here's what I know, is that God loves you deeply. Here's the other interesting thing about this culture, is that my generation, the, uh, the X generation, and the generations after me, all the way up into the millennial generation, they are considering people family more than any other generation has before, family that is not actual blood. So people who are in very close relationship and friendship with them, they call them family. For example, my wife and I call a lot of people family. Uh, We've got about 12 married couples that uh, we are highly close to. We did ministry together with them for about 15 years. And uh, their kids call us aunt and uncle, and we call them our nieces and nephews. Ellie has three uh, blood, my brother, my older brother, my little brother, and Chris's family. She's got three sets of cousins and aunts and uncles, but beyond that, she's got many other that she calls cousins, that she calls auntie and uncle, simply because the people that we brought close to our life, we call them family. So when we say family around here, here's what we're saying. Anybody that you consider family, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about those people in your life. I also want to say this, that I know that when we talk about family, it could be a very painful topic for many people, because when we talk about these different flavors and different styles of family, there's often a lot of pain associated with it, because there's just simply a lot of hurt in this world. And here's what I want to say to you, Um, and I don't know why, this kind of hit me like a ton of bricks last Wednesday night in our cultivation class. I started thinking to myself, You know, when you say family in church, a lot of times people think of the traditional family, mom, dad, kids, and there's this 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 fantasy picture that nobody ever gets divorced and that but it's not the case. We all understand that. We all know that. Um, But here's what I want to say to you if you do not see yourself in the old school normal family of mom, dad, never divorced, kids, perfect, white picket fence, little puppy dog, maybe a hamster, and definitely a goldfish. That's been flushed out of the toilet because it was never fed and it died. Here's what I want to say to you. God has a plan for your life. And he has a plan for your family's life. 
no matter what your family status is. Doesn't matter if you're single, doesn't matter if you're divorced, doesn't matter if you're a blended family. It doesn't matter what your family status is. God has a plan for you. Here's what the enemy loves to do to people, especially around the church world, because with religion and legalism, uh, it just kind of can heap a lot of stuff onto people, and we don't heap that on people in this church because we serve a graceful and we serve a loving God. But the enemy would love you to smear shame all over your life, and he would love for you not to believe that when God's word says that he has a plan for you, no matter what your family situation is, he would love for you to think, ah, he's not talking about me. He's talking about that perfect little church family over here in that corner. By the way, there's no perfect little church families in this church, by the way, just in case you didn't know that. There's no perfect church families here. But God's actually talking about you. Here's what the enemy does with shame. Somebody, I heard an illustration one time that shame is like oil. That um, have, you ever, have you ever gotten oil on you? And without the right things to get oil off of you, it's pretty hard. So think about the, the mass uh, disasters in the ocean where pipes break and oil gets all over the animals. And it's just a total mess. Uh, there's no way to clean that mess up without the right ingredients. And that's what the enemy does with shame. Shame just gets spilt upon us because of our life's mistakes. And the enemy loves for you to just go, got all this oil on me and I can't get it off. There's no way to get it off. It's impossible without the right stuff. And he loves for you to just play into over and over and over again. God can't use me. I'm divorced. God can't use me. My family's broken. God can't use me. I'm single. I'm not married. God can't use me. My kids are a mess and they don't trust me. God can't use me. And the list just goes on and on and on. But here's what God is. God is, God is like the fresh water, right? You can't get those cute little, you know, uh, ducklings. This is all black with oil. You need fresh water and you need that dove soap, right? You just scrub those little suckers up and blow dry them off, get them all fluffy and clean and they're all happy and wagging everywhere, you know, they're just happy. Listen, God is like that, the fresh water and that, that dove soap that can, he's the only one that can get that oil of shame off of your life. He's the only one. And the truth is that he wants to do that for you. And so this morning, it's true, yes, God hates sin. He hates it. Why? He, lo- he hates the consequences of this, of sin. He hates what it does to people. He hates the pain that it causes people. He hates the destruction that it brings into families. But listen, when God enters the heart of somebody, he, is, he just removes all that condemnation. He removes all that shame that is impossible for you to remove. And the truth is that God really does have a plan for you, no matter what your family situation is. So I love the scripture in Psalms chapter 34 and 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And it's just his word. It's just what he does. It's not my word. I'm not trying to just make you feel better about yourself. This is truly God's word. Listen, God came so that all people can find repentance and find salvation and find restoration. Not so that just the perfect little families and all the people who do everything right. As a matter of fact, he came because we all do everything wrong. That's why we need a savior. That's why we need somebody who can come along and bring restoration to us. Here's the truth. Does our sin cause consequences in our life? Absolutely. 
Just because God comes and cleans us off and just because he comes and sets us right and makes us perfect doesn't necessarily mean we don't have to pay for our consequences. Like when you plant a seed, you reap a harvest, right? I, I think there are sometimes by God's grace and his mercy that we don't have to reap what we should reap. But there are times where we are just going to have to reap because it's just this life. We live on this side of heaven. Is it true that life is going to be easy for us? Not really. Are people going to still judge you because of your past mistakes? Some will. I can't help that. Some won't. Will your past mistakes make it hard for your future? Sometimes. A lot of times. It's really hard to recover on this side of earth, that thing that we call reputation. It's hard to recover that thing. Some of you know what I mean. Does it mean that God gives up on you? No. It just means that we're needy peeps, <laughs> and he loves us deeply, and he knows exactly what we need. Hey, listen, today, number one in your notes, we're talking about needy peeps. By the way, this message is not just to parents and moms and dads. Listen, every member of the family has something to contribute, all right? So if you're a grandma or a grandpa, this is for you today. If you're a student today, you've got something con- to contribute to the family, if you're uh, even not a teenager and you're even a young child in here this morning, you've got something to contribute to the family. Mom and dad, you've got something to contribute to the family. Why? Because we're needy peeps. And God requires something from all of us when it comes to our family. Here's the first thing he requires, your presence. Somebody say, your presence. He requires our presence. The Bible says two are better than one. Look. The only way two can be better than one is if we show up and we're present. Listen, um, the Bible says that we should not do life alone. Listen, you need to show up and be present to the people that you call family. It doesn't matter if they're blood, but if you call these people family in your life, you must be present. Listen, I love technology. I love it a lot. Technology makes life really easy. Social media makes life really easy. We can connect really easy. We can know what's going on in each other's lives. We can, we can see the details about people's lives. We can see when they're hurting. We can see when they're happy. I love technology. It's great. I love email. Email's great. It can allow us to get a lot of work done uh, with no meetings. Just shoot an email. But here's what technology also does for us. It removes our presence from our presence. It makes us 100% available to people at all times. You are also guilty of that too. So am I. It's like I text my friend, hey man, what's going on for dinner tonight? Like two seconds go by. He didn't respond. I can't believe it. I know his phone's sitting right next to him. Hey bro, what's up? Second text. Phone call. Hey bro, what are you doing? Like, dude. Leave me alone. Like, I saw your text message, but do I have the right to not read it? Do I have the right to not respond to it? Yes, you do. It's called margin. Look, it's called life. It's called protecting your family and being present with your family. Listen, everything is going to compete for your attention in this life. But the people that you call family, they deserve your presence more than anybody else when you are present with them. Your presence with them is so important. Listen, Write this down in your notes. Be sure that you don't allow these things to remove your presence from their presence. Technology, business, busyness of life. Make sure that you don't allow these things to remove your presence 
from their presence, the ones that you call family. Listen, my daughter Eliana is five years old, kindergarten. Kindergarten is like a whole new world for us, and I know those of you with kids and you've been through it, you're like, oh, that's like, oh, I've been there, done that, did it years ago. Listen, my wife and I waited a long time to have kids. We waited 10 years. We're like, I'm I'm like one of the old dads in the class, you know, I'm like that guy. I'm one of the old dads in the class, one of the very few people with little gray hairs right here. And so my daughter, though, at the end of the day, I have suddenly realized my daughter doesn't have our constant presence in her life anymore. She doesn't. What she gets is she gets my wife in the morning and myself in the morning for about 30 minutes before we zip her off to school, and then now she's influenced by people the rest of the day. And now the only time we have to influence her is that when I get off work and Krista picks her up in this little window of time that I call the three-hour window from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. That's my time of influence. How important as a daddy is it for me to make sure that my daughter has 100% of my presence when she only gets it three and a half hours a day. Very valuable. Very important. She needs my presence all the time. Listen, my daughter will suffer when I don't give her my presence. How about you? What is your family situation? What is, what is life like for you? Where are you farming out your presence in the day? And at the end of the day, when the business of the day is done, are you making sure you still have something left in the tank so that when you come back home to the people that you call family, the needy peeps that need you, that you still have presence to give them? We must, in your notes, consciously give our presence. we got to be intentional. i got to tell you, it's so easy to come home to just want to shut the brain off, especially as a man after the day. Shut my brain off. I don't want to think anymore. Just come home, sit down, relax, just unload. Just anybody wants to do that. Just come home and unload. But I can't do that. I got to come home. I got to relax. I got to wind down. And I got to gear up to give my presence to my family, to give my presence to my daughter. Hey, don't get me wrong. There's business to do when you get home. We got to clean stuff up. We got to help make dinner. Everyone's got to pitch in. We got to all, everybody help pitch in and clean up the dinner table. And we got to do our part and we got to do homework, but got to be engaged in those things. Got to be engaged with the people that we call family. It's not just about mom and dad engaging. It's about the needy peeps engaging. Students, it's about you engaging with your family when you get home, not running off doing your homework for hours. Listen, we know you don't do homework for hours. Don't play us. We've been around the block. We know how this is. Like, give your, do, your, do your business and then give your presence to your parents. Why? They need your presence. Mom and dad, your kids need your parents. Students, your parents need your presence in their life. I wonder what my wife is going to say about her husband. What is she going to say about his presence as she was the wife in her 20s? What would the wife of Chris's 20s say about her husband's presence? And it's not what I did yesterday, but it's about what I did in her 30s. She's like, baby, don't even go there. I'm still there. Don't just leave me alone. I will. I will. It's all good. What is she going to say about the husband of her 30s? What is she going to say about the husband of her 40s? It doesn't matter if I was present yesterday. What matters is, as I, am I present today? 
And that's what you got to ask yourself about the people that you call family. Are they still getting my presence today? Are they getting my presence today? You got to be present when they win. You got to be present when they fail. It's in your notes. The only way you can be present when they win and when they fail is just by being present. Listen, they're going to win during times that seem really insignificant to you. They're going to fail in times that seem really insignificant to you. It might not seem that important for you to show up to that one practice, because it's not a game, of course, but it just so could be that at that practice, they actually run the route right for the first time, they accomplish something that they've never accomplished before, and their coach gives them a big high five, and their team cheers them on, but because we weren't present, we weren't there, we weren't there to win with them. We want to make sure to celebrate their successes celebrate their birthdays, celebrate their games, celebrate everything good that's going on in their life. Things that seem small to them or to you are often really, really big to them. I remember um, my daughter was in preschool. I think one of the one things that I missed in preschool, we thought that she was having a powwow. It was a powwow. It was powwow day. Powwow day. Grand Prairie had a powwow day yesterday. It was powwow day, and we thought that they were bringing the powwow to her, but they were actually, they were the powwow, and I missed the powwow. I thought, ah, it's just like one little thing I missed. Guess what, for several weeks that she talked about, Daddy, I wish you were at my powwow. Daddy, I wish you were at my powwow. Daddy, I wish you were at my powwow. Hey, listen, they remember our presence. Here's the good news. The good news is this. You can't change your presence in their past. This is in your notes. You can't change your presence in their past, but you can change your presence in their future. All right? Can't change the past, but you can change tomorrow. Listen, it's never too late to show up to a game. It's never too late to send a birthday card. It's never too late to have a daddy-daughter date. It's never too late to have a mama-son date. It's never too late to celebrate a good report card. Listen, a good report card for your child. Not not like they got all A's. Maybe your child doesn't have the capacity to get all A's. I didn't. A good report card for me was like maybe a B. Maybe. I mean, definitely a B in PE. Definitely a B in cabinet making. For sure. Like guarantees. Like we got to like you got to have those ones because they fix the GPA, you know, and then like C minus in algebra, you know, C, that's just, that was my capacity, honestly. No matter how hard I work, it's just what came out of my life. Celebrate me when I do good, though. <laughs> so you got to know what the level of good is for the peeps in your life and celebrate with them. Listen, how are you going to be present? Pay attention. Pay attention. Ask questions. Be interested in what they're interested in. My wife is really good at this. I was actually telling her about this yesterday. She was, she was kind of surprised, but I'm, I'm surprised that she was surprised. Listen, I love, I'm a biker. Not like, not like biker. I'm like a bicycler. I don't like to say I'm a bicycler. Sounds a little weak. That's why I don't say I'm a bicycler. Yes, I wear spandex. <laughs> Sorry for those of you who are visual, but I do, and I invite you to come out with me anytime. It's a lot of hard work, and it's a lot of fun, 
But my wife asks me most of the time when I get back from a ride, how was it? She seems to be really interested in it. How was it? Was it hot? Did you fall? I mountain bike too. Did you fall? Like, well, yeah, obviously. All scrapped it, scraped up over here. And she's interested. She asks the questions. How are you liking your new bike? Loving it, baby. She's interested in what I'm interested in. Her presence, she's fully engaged in what I love. We need to be fully engaged in what people love. So I was super convicted. So my wife is the best, she's the better spouse between the both of us. And I was like, man, darn it. Why you got to be like that, baby? Like, you know, I don't really like musicals. But you like musicals, so I need to be kind of interested in musicals. Listen, it's, it's not that I'm not, it's from a musical standpoint, here's what I learned about myself. I, I'm the kid reading comprehension class, like I always fail at that class. I don't do very good at it. And, and I'm not good with storylines, and especially when they're singing. I don't get it. I'm a musician. I love, I love music. I love the harmonies. I'm all about it. I'm like tapping, bebop on a bitty bop, 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 bop. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm all about that. I'm good. But when it comes to the lyrics, like, for example, this morning, um, we were singing a song, and like in my brain, I'm, I, I wish I could remember. It was the first song. I was thinking it was some, the word grace, and I'm like, grace. And I look up, I'm like, oh, it's not grace. I've been singing grace for like six months. It's like, I don't get it. That's just me. So musicals, like, I'm into the music for about 45 minutes, but two hours into this thing, like, I'm not engaged in the plot. I don't know what's going on. I've heard all the music possible. I love it. It's been fun. But I'm renewing a promise to my wife that I'm going to re-engage in your musical world, baby. All right? It's just my promise to you. So um, that's my promise. But be engaged. Hey, look happy to be there. Look happy to be there. Hey, listen, this is not for the spouses and for the students. Like, hey, mom and dad, you need to come to this so that you can be engaged with me. It's not to make, don't use this to make people feel guilty. And as pastor said, leave me out of it. Leave me out of it. This is for those of you who are not engaged to go ahead and engage a little bit. Like, hey, hey, baby, um, I'll go to the home goods store with you today. And just smile, look engaged, like, like, don't beg them to go to the home goods store with you. Don't force them to, just let them, let them, like, can I come with you today? And that's your cue to be like, oh, wow, they're like really trying to engage with me. Your presence is so, so, so very important. Hey, where else is your presence important? Your presence is important in the house of God. Your presence is important in the house of God. Listen, the only way students and your family and the people that you call family and the people that you love are ever going to learn how to engage in the house of God is if you engage in the house of God, if your presence is in the house of God. We're talking about needy peeps today. Needy peeps, our people need us. They need us. Listen, what do they need in us? They need something really important from us. They need our presence. And the next thing that they need from us is our protection. They need our protection, protection from the inside. They need our protection from the inside. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 and 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Listen, they need you to protect your life from the inside because everything that's in you will bleed out of you and come on them. That's why you see alcoholism run rampant in families. That's why you see sometimes the same addictions in families run around in families. That's why you see the same attitudes run around 
in families, amongst the family. That's why you can see the same hang-ups in one family member, they're in the other family members. That's why you can see the same prejudice in one family member that bleeds through all of the other family members. Because our insides affect those around us. So we've got to protect them from what's inside of you and I. Uh, Some people call these things generational curses. It's really spiritual. It's biblical. But here's what I want to call them just to help you out if you have a hard time understanding that. Learned behavior. It's just learned behavior. They do it. You do it. We do it. Everybody does it. It's just what we did. It's just what we do. And learned behavior. And that can be broken. And we got to protect them from the inside. We also got to protect them from the outside. We got to protect them from the outside. We got to be loyal. Listen, we don't have to fight all their battles for them. We live in a generation, especially me, when it comes to parenting. I live in a generation where just, man, I just want to protect my daughter from everything. I'm, everything. I want to protect her from everything. That's just the kind of daddy that I am. But I've had to learn that I can't protect her from everybody and everything. She will never learn how to fight her own battles if I protect her from everything. But here's what I am going to do. I'm going to protect her from her outside by being engaged with her. I'm going to protect her by supporting her, by being loyal to her, by praying for her, by never giving up on her. I'm not going to ever enable her. Listen, there's going to be times where I'm just going to sit back as a daddy, and I'm going to have to just watch that little kid push her. And I'll say, Ellie Bell, be brave, sweetie. People in this life, sometimes they're just me, and you know what, that's okay. But be brave, and you shout back at them. Don't touch me again, or I'm going to tell a teacher. And if they touch you again, <clears throat> I'm going to teach my daughter to be brave. So if she's going to learn to be brave, I can't protect her from everything. I can't. But I've got to protect her from the outside and teach her, teach her how to live a life. Teach her how to be strong. Listen, um, there, there, there's, there's something else that I want to bring up today is that this, the third thing in your notes, proclamation. Needy peeps, they need our proclamation. Listen, they need our words. They need our words. Use your words. Here's where the end of this scripture says a threefold cord is not easily broken. Let me just help you understand this. Okay, when it says... Um, uh, One man can't do it on his own, but with two, they're better, they're stronger. Okay, that means you and the people that you call family. One, two, y'all good with that? Okay. It's going to get tough. I'm going to add another piece of the equation. Then it says a threefold cord is not easily broken. The three. That third piece, the first fold cord is you. The second part of the cord is the people you call family, the needy peeps. The third one is God. The way that you inject God into this third one is by your proclamations. Listen, your proclamations, your words are key. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 20, the tongue has power of life and death. What has the power of life and death? And those who love it will eat of his fruit. Okay. What has the power of life and death? Whose tongue? It has what? Power? It has power. The tongue has the power of what? Life. Where does life come from? 
God. You ever really think about that for a minute? The conduit for the power of God in your life, in your family life, is where? You were created in God's image. I'm like writing this down. I've said this stuff before. But then all of a sudden, God's like, Genesis. Genesis. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground. And what did he do out of his what? Mouth. He breathed what? Life into man. The conduit for power for God is just simply breathing. But the conduit for power being injected in your life is your words out of your mouth. He has placed this power in your hands. Power, life, and death in the tongue. Listen, the needy peeps in your world, they need your proclamations. Listen, at bedtime with Ellie, um, we are really strategic with this time. And uh, we always come in and we sit down. And just as she's grown up, we've always done this thing called high lows. We used to do it at bedtime. Now we do it at dinner. Hey, family, what is the highest high today? Oh, we all talk about what the highest high was. Hey, what's the lowest low today? We talk about the lowest low. So we engage with our daughter. We're intentional. And then at nighttime, uh, we always read with her, and then we pray with her, and then we sing. And I make sure that when I pray with her, I'm making sure to proclaim God's word over her. I want to know that she hears it. I want to know that she knows it. I want to know that the last thing she hears before she closes her eyes and goes to bed is God's word over her life. And then so there's a song that we've injected. Now we, now we, we sing every night before we go to bed. And, and um, it's like three songs, and we can't go to bed without singing all three songs. And the third one is called I Know the Plans. This is Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a song that Chris and I learned when we were uh, in ministry school. <clears throat> And it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. It's the scripture. And we sing, I sing that over her. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. We sing it to her. I started it way too high, so now I can't sing the, the back of it. <laughs> Listen, and it says, they are plans to prosper you and never to harm you. What? It's like the most powerful thing you could speak over your kid's life. Is she going to experience harm? Absolutely. But God's plan is that she'll never experience harm. They are plans to give you a hope and a future. These are the plans I have for you. It's God's word over her life. Listen, your family needs your proclamations over their life. There was somebody who put something on social media. I'm only saying it because they put it on social media. I didn't ask their permission today, but I figure if it's on the World Wide Web, then it's, everyone has permission to see it, right? There was a young girl who talked about her daddy online and just bragged on him, like, unbelievably. And, like, I almost wanted to cry as I was reading that. And I was thinking to myself, that little girl has no idea the power of her words in her daddy's life. Students, you have no idea the power of your words in your parents' lives. They need your proclamations. They need your words. And finally, they need your prayers. They need your prayers. Listen, they need your private prayers. They need you praying for them every day. They need your public prayers. Listen, they need to hear you pray for them. It builds their faith. 
It shows them your love for them. It helps them to hear your heart for them. They need to hear you pray. Don't get stuck in silent prayers with your family. Silent prayers are fine. They're okay. They're good. But the power of life and death is where? In the tongue. Let them hear your prayers. They don't have to be long. They don't have to be eloquent. They don't have to be fancy. Let them hear you pray for them. Here's a takeaway today. With God's help, our family needs the best version of us, and we need the best version of them. Why? We depend on one another for strength.